Father, we love you so much. You're amazing and Lord, you're worth surrendering to. Your love, your acceptance, the forgiveness that you pour out on us. Thank you so much. Lord, how can we ever, ever repay you? I'm so glad you don't ask for that. Church, wherever you are right now, wherever you are in the world right now, I just speak right now the peace of God over your life. I prophesy into every house right now that every person would experience the presence of Jesus Christ through His Spirit right now. That everyone would understand that he's, he, God wants to be part of their lives. And He wants to move within your entire being. So right now, if you're feeling anxious about anything or maybe you're struggling with something right now, just, just close your eyes and just look to Jesus right now. He's with you. Holy Spirit, would you just come and minister to those people right now? As we just sung just then, why don't you surrender to Him? Haha. <laughs> it's the only form of surrender where you gain power. You gain because you've surrendered. Now, Holy Spirit, just bring your peace, which passes all understanding, into every person's life. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm assuming that everyone who's listening to this telecast right now is, you're sensing his peace because I'm sensing his peace right here at Central and um, believing for great things in your life right now. And I honestly believe right now people have had breakthrough after breakthrough. Because as a Christian, that's what it's about. Living a life encased by Christ because that's there is where the breakthrough is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians and singers and team who have helped us worship the Lord today. It's been brilliant. And um, welcome, everyone. And I uh, hope you're having a great time, and especially all you school teachers. I know in Australia, New South Wales, we're entering school holidays right now, and you teachers and church uh, school staff, you are legends. You have done so well over the last so many weeks. You deserve your break. I hope you have the greatest rest over the next couple of weeks. Um, replenish every part of your being and um, thank you for your service. You've done so well. And um, yeah, wonderful. And uh, today I just want to share, share with your church some thoughts. Um, right now, I, I, it's a very strategic time in our church's life, but I think it's a strategic time in the world. And I want to share with you some thoughts for you to reflect on over the next two weeks. Um, it's school holidays, as I said, but it's more than just families who have children at school that take this time to just to ease off a little bit. And I think right now is a great time for us as a church to be contemplating and to be thinking about what's next. What am I doing right here, right now? In fact... Last year, I was praying about 2020. And uh, in hindsight, that's a pretty good thing to do is pray about 2020. And uh, he gave me this scripture, which I thought was very interesting. I shared it with you back in February. And it's out of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
Well, I had no idea what sort of year we were going to have, what the world was going to have, but I'm cleared that God was speaking at that time to us. And uh, right now, that verse means a whole lot more to me. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Draw on your wisdom right now, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We've named this year going deeper, stretching wider. And uh, right now we're really in that phase of going deeper. And I think the timing is really good for us to do that. And as I said, we're going into a break where we just tone down a few things. You know, there's less traffic on the road during school holidays. Maybe you're taking a break. Maybe you're taking a few days here. Maybe you're taking a time away. I'm just going to ask you, would you take this time just to reflect and to go a little bit deeper right now? Because I think the Lord is shaking the planet right now. Um, I don't think he caused a pandemic, but I do know that what the... What was intended for evil, the Lord will use for good. And right now, I think the Lord is at work and he's bringing a shaking. I think he's got our attention. And I think he has actually drawn the church to himself even closer right now. And he's getting the church worldwide, he's getting their attention. And I believe prophetically that at this time is the moment for the church to really receive direction from the Lord to really grab hold of what our, our king, our commander is asking of us to join us in him, in what he is doing in the world. I think he's pouring out some new wine and I wanna be ready. And Strong Nation Church, I believe the Lord is calling us to be ready for what he's doing right now. So we need to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days of evil. And I think right now is the time. As your pastor, I want to share with you some thoughts that I've had about exiting COVID. You know, Australia has done pretty well. Um, if you're listening, other parts of the world, Australia has done very well. And we haven't had a death in our state for a long, long time from the COVID virus. And in fact, it looks like it's very well contained and restrictions are being less and, you know, um, loosened and loosened more and more, which is it's really good. Australia as a whole has done well. And um, I'm just going to hold back from any Victorian jokes right now. And um, poor Victoria, we should pray for Victoria. And, um, but it is fun to make fun of our southern state. <laughs> if you're in Victoria, we love you. And um, when we build a wall, we're still going to love you. <laughs> Just letting you know that. <laughs> I'm only joking. We love all Australians. But um, for the rest, those in the rest of the world, they've had a bit of an outbreak in Victoria. And um, that could happen anywhere, to be honest. But uh, Australia has fared very well. And it looks like we are actually beginning to move out of the crisis in Australia. But I think it's critical right now that we actually learn how to exit well. Because it's more than just going back to normal. I don't think God wants us to go back to normal. I think as a church, he wants us to create a new normal. I think as a Christian in my life, he is creating a new normal. And I want to exit this this time really really well so the what I want you to reflect on over the next two weeks church is how are you going to exit this what's life after COVID look like for you because I think if we're not proactively thinking about this we could actually just end up back where we were but I think the Lord has changed I think the Lord has brought change I should say more correctly and I want to be part of that 
because I want to partner with him with what he's got planned. I believe we've entered the last days, the last days the Bible talks about. I know my father-in-law, Pastor Rob Thornton, often preaches, you know, we're actually running out of prophecies in the Bible. They're all getting fulfilled. There's not many more to be fulfilled. We could be in the last days. Well, I want to live my spiritual life as if we are in those last days. I want to ask you a rhetorical question, church. Uh, What have you gained in this time of COVID that you don't want to lose? I've had a few chats with a lot of people and um, overwhelmingly people are saying, I've got more time, I've slowed down in my life and I'm enjoying more downtime. Well, how's that a bad thing? That's something that I don't want to lose. I talked to a dad the other day and he said, you know, it's, it's very funny. I, I was tense the first few weeks. I had to work from home. And, but it wasn't long before I was a lot happier about it and it made a diff, massive difference on my family. He said, I started wrestling with my sons and we had so much fun. It was so exciting. He said, I didn't realise I'd lost that. I don't, want to, I don't want him to lose that. I don't want any of us to lose what we've gained out of this whole COVID crisis. Maybe the Lord has made that young man stop and think what's important because as a dad, he sows into his young children, his sons, they are, that, the, the beautiful uh, results and fruit of that is changed lives and generational change. What have you gained over the last few months that you don't want to lose again? Because I think it's very important as we start uh, exiting the crisis time and we start living a life saying, Lord, what do you want to use? How do you want to use my life over these years? Maybe we've only got a few left. Maybe we've got hundreds of years left. Either way, how, God, do you want to use my life? Another question you could ask yourself is this. What is God wanting to change in my life and what am I going to do about it? Okay, here we come. I'm about to have a lot more freedoms placed on my life over the next few months. What is God wanting to change at that moment and what am I prepared to do about that? You know, the beautiful thing about Christianity is you have total freedom over your life. Isn't that beautiful? But with great freedom comes great responsibility, I think, in our lives to say, okay, I can't just live any old how. What's my direction? What has God asked of me? And what am I going to do about it? I want us to look at Matthew chapter 6 today. And Matthew chapter 6 is a 5 and 6 actually is beautiful. It's the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus starts off with blessed are those who, blessed are those who, blessed are those who. And he goes on addressing a whole bunch of issues like forgiveness, uh, giving, um, making sure that you know, you're, you're living a life structured around the things of God rather than the things of this world. And, and he comes into verse 25, and I want to pick it up. I'm going to be reading through to verse 34. Jesus speaking. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? 
See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into a fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Wow. So do not worry saying, what shall I eat? Or what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus was speaking to a bunch of people Many people, probably. And these people were oppressed under a Roman rule. Life was not pleasant, that pleasant for them. They were suppressed by a, a, a regime which was taxing them to poverty. Um, they didn't have it that easy. They, didn't, they, they had things like plagues that would come along and they had no answer for them. Sound familiar? But yet he says this. Don't worry. Isn't that interesting? Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Have a look at what's happening about today. Look at the way you're living today is what he's saying. Because if you get the here and now right, the particular things he speaks about, tomorrow will look after itself. No matter what comes, it will be something which you get to live through. He was teaching people how to live their lives so that the favour of God would be on them. Now, over the last few weeks, months, I've been speaking, I've really felt prophetically to speak into the church about the favour of God and, and to remind you that you are favoured of God. I believe I'm favoured of God. But I think many people don't get to experience it or it's not so obvious to them, the favour, because they're gripped up in the worries of the world. They're gripped up in, in situations which... The Lord says, hey, I've got that. Just relax. This is what I want you to do. And basically he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the food, the clothing, everything you need will be given unto you. Wow. Sometimes we think we've got to strive for things. Whereas he's saying, no, 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 no. Just two things I ask you to do. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I want to look at that today just very quickly and share with you some of my thoughts about that. First thing he says is seek first his kingdom. Well, his kingdom is, I think, a stage of life or a way of life where he is the king. And he has made things in which we should follow. Do this, do that. For instance, in his kingdom, it's not right to actually hold grudges in his kingdom, it is right to forgive. In fact, in his kingdom, love your enemies. Anyone can just love their friends. But in his kingdom, he says, love your enemies. Why would he do that? Because in his kingdom, he wants you to walk in his favour. He doesn't want you to get tied up with unforgiveness or bitterness. He wants you to live free of that. So he's showing a way to live in which in his kingdom, this is how it works. There's a real practical, and I like to think that this, this, this 
seek first his kingdom, is a real practical sense of how you live. It's a real practical outpouring of how to live. In fact, I think it's about how to go deep into the ways he wants you to live. Seek first his kingdom. What does that look like for you? I believe there's a lot of people here and uh, or a lot of people in our lives that I, I know of that if God could really harness your desires and, 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 and your vision, he's placed so many gifts in you, so many talents, which lie, lie dormant because you haven't sought his kingdom in this one. So many people who God has called to lead and to, to help others and to, to, to bring perspective of life into people's lives that don't do it because they're not putting his kingdom first. Maybe they've got other things distracting them from it. It's so easy to make his kingdom second. But I think what God is calling us to do is to actually make his kingdom first in saying, hey, do you know what? God has given me this time. I should live it the way he wants me to live it. He's given me principles to add to my life because I understand that makes my life better. It makes it more fruitful. In fact, it's like this. But Jesus actually talked about the man who built his house upon the rock. Jesus actually said, those who hear my words and obey them. In other words, those who participate in my kingdom are like the man who built his house upon the rock. And when the storms came and the pestilence came and COVID came, it didn't crush the house. It withstood the storm. But the man who built his house on the sand is like the man who heard my words, who knew what my words were, but did not obey them. Oh, I love God's kingdom, but I'm not going to walk in his kingdom. Wow. I'm in his kingdom, but I don't walk it. They're like the man who built his house on the sand and when the storms came, wiped out the house. That's what Jesus is talking about in this whole scripture. Put my kingdom first. Seek it first. Ask God what his direction for your life and make that a priority. This is what I've learned. You know what? It's not my job to tell you how to live. It's not my intention to judge anyone by the way they live. But I do want to encourage you today and to give you a perspective of God has a kingdom mindset for you. He's set a path for you. The Bible actually says the, the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He has a step, a pathway for you to walk in it. Seek first his kingdom is to walk on that path. You know what? I have many desires. I'm, I know I really wanted to play cricket for Australia. It's a great desire. I don't think I had the skill to do it, but it would have been a great thing. But I do know this, it definitely wasn't what God intended for my life. It would have been easy to do various other paths, but there was another path, and Jesus calls it a narrow path, which he asked me to walk. It's his kingdom. What has he asked of you? I'm going to ask you over the next couple of weeks that you would actually consider that. Consider what you're going to, how you're going to seek his kingdom. You know, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells a great parable about sowing seeds on a different types of soil. He said, the seed is the word of God, what God has spoken unto you, right? And where it lands is probably, I, I interpret it, the condition of your heart. Some of it was on rocky ground. Some of it was on shallow ground. But the third bit fell into the soil, which was good soil, but had thorns in it. 
The seed took root. The word of God took root. Yes, I believe that word. And then it begins to grow. But then so did the thorns. And the thorns strangled the little seedlings so there'd be no fruit. When he explained that parable, he actually made this comment. He said, the seeds that fell among the thorns are when the word of God comes and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches strangle it. And it produces no fruit. I wonder how many people have been have received the word of God and have accepted it, saying that is God's word for my life. That is amazing. But then the cares of this world, not the kingdom, but the world in which we live, and the deceitfulness of riches. I've got to get more. Oh, I need more. I'm wondering how many of us have actually had times when that has grown up around us and it's sort of killed the word that was spoken over our lives about his kingdom. Can I ask you, church, every one of us, to consider how do I seek his kingdom first? Does it mean I have to put some of those cares of this world aside? Does it mean that my thoughts about riches need to be put aside? Do you know what? I believe that's one of the biggest challenges in our Western world. The deceitfulness of riches, the deceitfulness of wealth. You know what? I don't ever want to have my life serving what I call mammon or money. Money's a fantastic servant, but it's a terrible master. Jesus Christ is a great master. And I want him to be that in my life. Seek first his kingdom. Then it says, and his righteousness. I like to think of his righteousness as the internal perspective of what he's talking about. The kingdom, seek first his kingdom is more how it looks and it's an outward expression. Whereas I look at seek first his righteousness as more of an internal expression. I think his righteousness actually means learning to rely on him for things in my life. For instance, I am not righteous, but I rely on him for it. I, I love what the, the book of Romans says about Abraham, that he was considered righteousness simply because he believed. He had faith and he received the righteousness of God. The beautiful thing about what Christ Jesus did for us on the cross was that when he rose from the dead, it made available for us to be considered righteous, even though my sins are like scarlet. We've been made more righteous than whiter than snow. You know what? I think to seek his righteousness is really to seek what he has done in our lives, to seek him more and more, going deep into relying on the knowledge of Christ, to relying on him being in my life, going deep, understanding how he works within your internal person. He does that. That's why he sent his spirit, I believe to work within us so that we could be the witness that he wants us to be. He does the internal work within us. He empowers us for that. I love, um, there's a man called Tullian Tavidian. He's one of Billy Graham's grandsons. He wrote a fantastic book. And the book's called this, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And I encourage you to get hold of that book and have a read of it. It's a beautiful book about the grace of Jesus Christ. And uh, what he says is so true. When you understand his righteousness, it truly is Jesus plus nothing is everything. He's all you need. 
He's all you need for your righteousness. He's all you need for vision. He's all you need to be what you are called to be of what he does in your life. John chapter 15 is a beautiful book about abiding in Christ. A beautiful chapter about abiding in Christ. In verse 7 says this, Jesus speaking. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you want and it'll be given to you. Wow. If I abide in him, consider his righteousness. Seek his righteousness. And his word abides in me. Allow his word to transform me. Allow what he says to become truth in my life. The internal aspect of Christianity, allowing it to transform me every day. Well, then I can ask what I want. You know, it's amazing. When I first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, my wants seems to change. It's no longer so much a red Ferrari, but more like I want to be able to bless my neighbor. Lord, what can I do to help them? Lord, my, Lord, I need to give more to my family. How can I do that? And he works it out. Can I encourage you to consider that as well? Consider, God, I want to seek you. So many people in their Christianity are striving, trying to get accepted from God, but you've got to understand something. He's already accepted you. Trying to get good enough. <laughs> Friend, like me, you'll never be good enough. Seek first his righteousness. Allow his righteousness to pour over you. Accept the fact that you won't ever be good enough, but he accepts you anyway. When the Father is looking towards you and he sees you, what he's seeing is Christ's righteousness and it is perfect. Do you know what that does to me? It makes me want to live a better life. It makes me want to change. It makes me want to walk the way he wants me to walk. The more I accept that I'm a son of God, the more I want to walk like I'm a son of God. And that is in his ways. No wonder Jesus turned around and seek first my kingdom and my, my glory, my, my righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. Wow. We worry about the food. We worry about the clothes. We worry about where we're going to live. But he's saying, if you just seek these, they'll be given to you. Church, I'm wondering, here we are. The most critical time, I think, in my life when it comes to what God wants to do in the world. In the world. Right now, how we exit COVID is so important. And I want you to contemplate those questions I asked before. What have you gained? You don't want to lose. It's your choice. Maybe it is more time with the family. We'll seek God's kingdom and his righteousness and allow him to give you the wisdom on that and ask God I want to be able to spend more time I want my marriage to be more enriched every day you know what I'm talking to another guy and he's saying the first two weeks I was working from home my wife and I just fought all the time but after the two weeks it's amazing he said we're really close we talk more I think that's the way God intended it to be. Not the fighting bit, the other bit. <laughs> but I think the fighting was probably more of getting used to it. Let's not lose that. Let's, 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 let's make, maybe there's things in our lives we need to strip out of our lives so that we can maintain what God has placed in our lives. How are you going to exit? 
COVID. How are you going to do that? It's the most strategic time of our history, I think, right now when God is on the move. Over the last few weeks, many of us have been preaching on Ezekiel 47, where he saw a vision, this old crazy prophet. <laughs> history tells us he's a bit of a crazy guy. Saw this vision of a new temple being built and out of that flowed this river. Well, I believe we are the temple and I believe the, the river is really the kingdom of God. And interesting that he took him for a walk through the river and it started ankle deep and then another half a mile on it was knee deep and then further on it was waist deep and, and then finally got to a point where he couldn't touch the bottom anymore. And I honestly believe what he's doing is he's calling us as a church to get deeper into that river talking to a guy the other day and um, God has grabbed his life in the most incredible. <laughs> he sent me the most amazing message, which just said, Rick, I'm done. I'm done with living a selfish life. I want to live it all for God. I text back and said, oh, I've never received a better message than this. He made this comment. He said, Rick, I don't think my ankles were even into the water. I think it was just toe deep. I was living selfishly. But now I want to get into the deep end. I want to I want to get where I can't touch the bottom anymore. God has turned around his life. He's always a Christian in this aspect. He said, even as a Christian, I only had my toe in the water. But now I want to get in the deep end. I remember when my sons were quite young and, and um, thinking about Judah, he was only about two or three years old and they, he used to wear this full suit to go swimming in. It was like a, all a, the whole suit was afloat and he looked like Buzz Lightyear. We called it the Buzz Lightyear suit and, and it was really safe. You know, you just throw them in the water and they bob around, you know, it's great. And one day he said, Dad, can I take the suit off? And we're in this really big pool at some place down at Maramarang. It's a really big pool and one end's deep and one end's shallow and he's bobbing around. He said, Dad, can I take the float off? I said, sure. So we went over to the steps, took the float off and then he gets up and he runs to the deep end and jumps in. <laughs> oh, ah, heart attack. Wasn't so much that, you know, Danger to him was what his mother would say if you know, he got hurt, I'd, I'd be dead. I run down there and there's Ju Judah swimming around, loving it, having a great time, going deep, then coming up again. Dad, this is awesome, I can go deep. Wow. Church, I'm going to ask you, let's take the floats off and let's jump down the deep end. And let's get in there and let's dive deep with faith, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And let's see what happens. Would you contemplate it? I'm gonna ask you to contemplate this question. What does God wanna do with your life? What does he wanna change? Is there something he wants to change? And follow it up with this question. What are you gonna do about that? Whoa. I'm just imagining an entire church asking those two questions to themselves. And then applying it. Coming out of COVID, different. Coming out of COVID, changed. Coming out of COVID, empowered. Seeing his kingdom expand. In every aspect of our lives, the kingdom plays a part. Church, would you join me in it? You know, what it's actually done for me, I just want to share with you a little things that he's done for me. First thing, over this COVID time, he's redeemed the time. I've redeemed the time, like many of us have. We've actually taken moments and thought, you know what, this is a moment where I can actually meditate on God. 
I don't want to be so breakneck speed that I haven't got time for anything. You know, often what we do is we actually you know, make room in our lives, but then we fill it up with other things. Why don't you fill it up with God? Oh, yeah, we've got to run over here for the kids. We've got to go over here and do this. We, we make ourselves busier all the time. What? No, 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 no. Seek first His kingdom. Then all these other things will be sorted out. I want to redeem the time, make sure that my time is well spent. The second thing that I've actually done in my life is this, is I've learned to trust Jesus more with my life. Some bad things happen. In fact, there's some devastating news that we've received just this week, Naomi and I. And um, I've learned to actually, rather than worry about that, just, just spend time with Him and His peace. It reminds me of a story that Ravi Zacharias, Ravi shared. He talked, uh, it's, a, it's a story about the old farmer who uh, his horse ran away. His neighbor came over and said, oh, is that bad luck? He says, the farmer responds, bad luck, good luck, who knows? The very next day, his horse returns with a group of other wild horses and they all run into his pen. His neighbor comes, oh, that's good luck. And Ravi turns around and says, good luck, bad luck, the farmer says, who knows? The next day, this farmer's son gets on the horse, one of the horses trying to break it and falls off and breaks his leg. Oh, his neighbor comes over and says, bad luck. The farmer says, bad luck, good luck, who knows? And then the next day, the army officer turns up wanting to recruit young men for a devastating war. And his son couldn't go. Good luck, bad luck, who knows? I think that gives us a good picture of what it's like to work, live in his kingdom. There's going to be things come along. But I think once you've decided to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, I actually think that good luck, bad luck, who cares? God's got this. He's in control. And I've learned to grab hold of that peace. In Matthew 6, there's a great little passage out of the message I'd like to quote. It says this, what God is trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. Don't be pro, you know, preoccupied with getting, worries of getting, when you can sit back and just respond to what God does give you. It's a beautiful way to live. I've redeemed the time. I've learned to trust Jesus more. And the third thing is this. I've learned to look for opportunities where God might be at work in people's lives. I gotta tell you, over these last three months, I've spoken to so many people who are not part of God's kingdom yet, who have opened up to me about their worries or their circumstances, and I've been able to share hope and share that there is a way and to comfort people. And I'm just blown away by how many. It's amazing. I've seen others come to us who, who used to walk in the kingdom of God, who have walked away from that, coming back and saying, hey, can we be part of what you're doing? Wow. I'm looking for the opportunities because whatever God is doing in the world, I want to be part of it. Church, He has called you. God has chosen you that you would bear fruit and that that fruit would remain. John 15, 16. I'm going to ask you 
over these next couple of weeks, would you reflect on that as individuals and as families? What is God asking to change in you? And what are you doing about it? Setting up your life to be used by God and His kingdom so that all can be blessed. That's what I believe. I love you so much, church. I love His bride. I love your your existence in that. I think it's wonderful. But I want to bring that challenge to you. Come on, church. Let's go forward. And let's be the strong nation church that He's asked us to be. Strong man, strong family, strong church, strong nation all over the world. Love you. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your call. Thank you, Lord God, that you've chosen us to partner with you in the greatest calling there is to be God's representative on planet Earth. Wow. You've empowered us with your spirit. You've given so many spiritual gifts that we can take into the marketplace. Lord, at this time, would you help us to redeem the time? Lord, would you help us, Lord God, to uh, think about things that need changing in our lives? And would you give us the power to do it? Thank you, Father. I pray blessing and peace over every person's life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you, uh, in your house services where you are right now, why don't you just begin to talk about things that you've gained and you don't want to lose. And why don't you encourage each other in that? Be great. God bless you. Fantastic. Have a fantastic week. You know what? The service has ended, but the church continues.